It's in you. You possess the power. Just go hard. I need some motivation. Motivation. Every day I try a little harder, but my dedication. Dedication. Keep my head way, way above the water. Crying myself and I yell at the wall. Begging to run, but I needed to crawl. I see the finish line up ahead. Trying to get traction from all of this tread. I am a king. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Welcome back to the podcast that helps you be the leader. I'm Jeremiah Sullivan, and I'm your host. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the show that's going to help you step up and be the leader that your team needs. Okay, when I say team, I'm not talking about just your coworkers. I'm talking about your friends, your family, your entire circle. This is the show that's going to help you lead your life, take you to that victory, and help everybody around you get theirs. Inside of this, this show, we like to break down strategies and tactics that are going to help you get to that next level, help you transform your body, your mind, your life. We do a lot of personal development. We do a lot of leadership talk. We talk about mindset. But overall, this is about helping you and everybody around you succeed. In order to fulfill that mission, I have somebody really exciting to come in today. I love a great story about taking life by the horns, you know, taking the bull by the horns and really just bootstrapping your way to success. You know, I think life, one of the um, subjects that isn't talked enough about is that life like rolls people over. I mean, you can literally like if you don't self-direct your life and decide where you're going to go, you can become reactionary to it and end up complacent, unfulfilled, with bad habits, unfit, unhappy, miserable. And it's like Henry Thoreau said, he said, the mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation. What is resignation is confirmed desperation, which means that most people have resigned from even trying in life. And that really comes from just, you know, either failing and giving up or simply just not choosing to live a life of greater purpose. So I decided to bring somebody in today that has an amazing, compelling story about taking life and leading their life and just grabbing that bull by the horns and just deciding to take charge of their life and change it. So regardless of what you've gone through, whatever adversity you've been through, childhood traumas, this is going to be a great episode for you to sit back, get inspired by somebody that has overcome incredible odds, everything from household abuse to relationship challenges to issues with substances, and overcome those things so that you can live the life that you want. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited to bring in a friend of mine, Tom Thomas. Thank you for having me, Jeremiah. And thank you for the introduction. Yes, it's true. I'm happy to talk about everything that I have been through so far help you understand what the mindset behind overcoming is. You guys need to listen. If you are a stay-at-home mom that feels unfulfilled and you're searching, you are seeking, uh, you, you describe it to me. Tell, me. tell me who your message is for. My message is, is for anybody who feels stuck. Mm. Generally speaking, most of us are looking for their authentic self. My old self was the stay-at-home mom drinking her glass of wine at night and thinking, I'm just relaxing, not knowing that I was escaping the reality because I couldn't sit in the pain and the life that I had created. Now, if you look back, my life looked pretty nice. We were living in a house. My husband was working. I was staying home with the kids. Everybody on the outside thought everything was okay, but I Mm. was literally, I felt as if I was dying a slow death. Yeah. I was just drowning. I call it always drowning because I was just trying to get through the day. I realized the money was not doing it for me. It was not the looks. It was not the kids. It was not, I I didn't know what it was. And I think a lot of us identify with military, identify with money, identify with something in our lives, and then we achieve it and realize this was not what we were looking for. Mm. We were looking for internal fulfillment. Yeah. Yeah. So I went on this journey a year ago. I got myself a coach and he just 
unleashed the fire inside of me and just helped me to get to pull out my authentic self. That's what he was doing. Because the work needs to be done by yourself. But he just put the belief in me. Well, you guys need to check out her social media. I mean, talk to him as an animal. She's like, she's ripped. I mean, I think you have like a 16 pack or something like that. (laughs) You're the second one saying that. Yes. Yeah. Well, I do. One year ago, I was skinny fat. Yeah. I have two kids and one was actually a cesarean. So the doctors told me, and I had all kinds of autoimmune disorders after my second one. I was not supposed to work out. I was not supposed to work my abs. I was not, you know, I was, after my second one, which was during COVID, I was pretty chubby. I was about 40 pounds more than I'm right now. And it was all fat. It was all COVID, pregnancy, eating my feelings, basically. Yeah. There are photos on social media that I share. Honestly, it's nothing that I want to share, but I want to show you guys that it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter where you are. Just start. I just stick to my macros. I stick to my macros, whatever I get prescribed, and I stick to the workout. I have not missed a single workout ever since I started with Wes. Yeah. I mean, guys, if you go, the thing that you need to pay attention to is that we're talking about somebody that went from dead and unfulfilled and unhappy inside to a complete life transformation, full of energy, vibrant, shredded, and purpose-driven. And that's what today's show is going to deliver to you guys. So we're going to unpack that. Like you've had this animal inside of you your whole life. Um, You're actually an immigrant from Iran. True. Yes. Let the audience get to know you a little bit. Um, Before I go into your story, though, I want to ask a question. And that's, um, was something very difficult that you've overcome? During my childhood? Anytime. Anytime. Whatever comes to mind. I had many difficulties. So from early childhood on, I just learned that the cards that were given to me were just shitty. Mm. And so I had to make a choice, either drown or I just keep fighting. And honestly, I don't know what, there was always a force and a belief in, I got this inside of me. One of the biggest was definitely emancipating from my family. Uh, How old? I started fighting against my family with the officials working with them around age 10. Wow. Because I just realized if I'm going to stay here, I'm going to be drug addicted under the bridge. I'm going to probably die Mm. because I am very extreme in everything I do. Self-destructive, very extreme. And now I take the same energy and I just pull it into the positive. I just knew myself good enough to say, I can't stay here. They cannot protect me. They're not living the life that I want. So I need to get out of here. I just want a normal life. That's what I wanted at that point. I just wanted peace and normal life. I had to fight for about one and a half, two years to, and actually they told me that they put me at some point into like a home for, I think you could stay there for like eight weeks and then they make a decision if you move on into a real home and live with you know, outside of your Yeah, like some type of transitionary house? Yes. Or if you have to go back. And they told me after six weeks, I have to go back. It was not an option for me. So I tried to take my life before age 12. Oh, wow. But that part, that emotional part of separating from your family, that was probably one of the hardest things. That sounds like I'm at a loss for words because at 10 to 12 years old, you have no awareness around the world. You don't know anything. And it's amazing how much strength and determination you had at that age. You were clear on what you wanted, which is that you didn't want to be there. So the hard, one of the hardest things you've overcome is getting out of that household is what it sounds like. 
especially at a young age. So let's talk about that because resilience is something that everybody needs. We need people in the world that have more mental toughness. And we live in a society now where people get absolutely steamrolled Mm -hmm. by the most trivial shit, to be completely honest. Like we hear people complain about not getting the perfect promotion or not getting like just this entitlement culture that we Mm -hmm. have is plaguing society. Yes. And they need your message about resilience and true resilience. So talk to me a little bit about how bad things were for you as a kid and what that was like at 10 to 12 years old. I actually would almost have to go a little bit further back because so I was born into this family. I was the youngest of three. My mom and my dad were troubled themselves. They did not know any better. That's what I told myself. It was the cards that I got. They did not know any other language. My mom was drowning in vices, drugs and alcohol. She was into opium. Mm. because she chose to numb herself. She came out of a troubled household herself, and she didn't know. She, she was an immigrant in Germany. She didn't speak the language. She ran out of money, and she was with the kids by herself. My dad and her divorced. He was abusive. He was like David Goggin style. I'm going to put you into a room and beat you up. It was just too much for her. So I made peace with, they loved me, but they just didn't know how to deal with the problems and sit in the pain. Instead, they just escaped it. My siblings were just busy with their own shit because they also were suffering and are to this day suffering, unfortunately. I went on my own and I realized home is not really good. There were times where we just didn't have enough food. I was hungry at school. I was waking up at age six by myself, going to school. I was the top of my class. I was doing everything, and I just got exhausted at some point, and my my grades were going down. I just realized my household, there's something not right with it. I didn't realize how bad it was. I found this group of friends who were much older than I was, and I was a young girl. There were two boys who just took advantage of me at some point. I got sexually assaulted, basically. And that was the breaking point for me where I thought, okay, I thought I had found love and respect now in this group. And they were not, they were using me too. So I didn't have my house that was not protecting me. I didn't have my friends. And I just shut down and said, okay, now I'm on my own. I need to move somewhere where it's safe. I just want my peace. And that's when I started it's all blurry from like yeah, 10 sure, to 12 sure, because sure. it was so traumatic. Yeah, absolutely. So I was around 10. Yeah. Mom was using substances yeah. on drugs. Dad was beating you. Yeah. And then the se- and then sexual assault all with before it in was, like your preteens yeah. essentially and early childhood. Yeah. Fuck. Coming back to resilience. Yeah. I just, there are two ways you can go. We always have a choice and the choice was you either fight because I had this vision of peace in my life. I just could feel it. Or you do exactly as your parents do and go into drugs and alcohol. I did try drugs. It was just not my thing. I didn't like it. I don't know, the coming down part, I just didn't like it. And I got into actually drinking in my like mid twenties or so, like having a nice glass of wine. Do you find that amazing that you didn't fall into drugs and alcohol with all the trauma and all the abuse that you experienced? I don't. Cause I find that pretty fascinating to be honest. You know, you would think my mission <clears throat> in my head, it was constantly the thought of what did my mom do? And I'm gonna do the opposite. Mm. That was driving me. So what did she do? And I'm not going to do that. And once I became a mom, it's exactly the same. I just want to be the mom that she was not. Yeah. 
the drugs just felt, I didn't like the feeling of being out of control. Yeah. Doing drugs. Yeah. And you had a roadmap of what, like what not to be. Yeah. And that deterred you. And it sounds like you impulsively tried some things. Yeah. Periodically, but you're like, nah, the same for me. It it It, just, your conscious was calling you to stay on the true path. Yes. Yes. And the alcohol kind of snuck in there because I had a boyfriend and he introduced me to really nice wines. And then from there I went to really nice bourbons and scotch. And I liked to have just a little bit at night to take the edge off. Right. And since it was fancy wine and fancy bourbon, I felt not as trashy about it. Yeah. Isn't that funny how that sneaks in? Like it's still liquor, it's still alcohol, like, yeah. and, and you're still going to do it and then feel like shit about it afterwards, but mm-hmm. it kind of disguises itself, like Trojan horses itself into your yes. life. Yes, exactly like that. And suddenly I was stuck with it and this was my bandit. I didn't even know any other way to sit in the evening but to have a glass of wine. And it was absolutely accepted because everybody was doing at least a glass of wine, if not even more. Yeah. Nobody was calling me out. Nobody was saying, this is fucking trashy. Like, you're drinking in front of your kids. I knew it was not right. It didn't feel right in my heart. But once I listened really to Wes... It just hit me like a brick wall. It's like, oh my God, do I want this for my children? Certainly not. So why the fuck am I doing this right here in my household in front of them? Yeah. I'm just, I'm picturing your entire hero's journey, you know, and it's like this young girl, immigrant, toxic household, and just trying to break away and... She's trying to free herself from the family, but also not fall to drugs. And so she's trying to stay focused on just escaping, really, is what you were trying to do. So what ended up happening after you fought for emancipation and to try to get out on your own? And talk to me about that, like share with that part of the journey. After I tried to take my life, I went into the hospital and there was a social worker. She said, I don't know what's going on. I never told on my mom. I never said what she was doing or my dad. I just wanted to leave the house. Why? Why, What made you not do it? Loyalty. Yeah. I didn't want to punish them. I just needed to leave. And so that breaks your heart. It's fucked up, right? Like you're thinking like you're loyal to somebody that's messing you up. Yes. And that conflict is hard. These are my parents. They're supposed to love me. And this also is happening to me. Yes. And you're trying to figure out how to handle the whole situation. And that that can make you feel trapped as well and, and alone. That was the hardest part for me because it doesn't matter what happens. They're still your parents and you love them. I don't love my parents less than anybody else. I just learned to separate my feelings from my actions and make a decision what is actually good for me. So it was for me ultimately such a great lesson. All of this was such a great lesson. I am thankful for everything that happened because I learned at a very young age, nobody's coming to save you. I learned to separate my feelings from my actions. I learned even the incident with the boys, if that wouldn't have happened, I would have probably stayed in that household. I love this mindset of what's best for me because we all cave into, like you always hear people say, like, listen to your body, Mm -hmm. get some rest, like that sort Mm -hmm. of talk of coddling and stuff like that. And really what those messages do is they make us cave into our emotions and our feelings. Whereas the real question we should be asking ourselves is what's best for me? Yes. And what was best for you was separating my emotions and moving forward. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter how hard it felt. I knew that was not an option to stay at home. It was just like you open the door and the energy was dark and Ah, thick. I just couldn't enter that room. 
So I went into, the social worker put me into a home, which was in the woods. There were multiple homes, very peaceful by age. We were living there. I was living there with, I don't know, seven, eight other teenagers until I was about 16. Mm -hmm. And then I was ready to move out and pay my own bills, go to school and work and hustle and work and hustle and work and hustle. What did you do? What type of work did you get into? So I got up early, went to school. After school, I worked at an, what do you call it? Like an internship at a kindergarten. And Mm. after that, I took two girls, twins from that group home and was basically their nanny until like the mom was self-employed until like 8, 9, 10 p.m. Went home, did my homework, next day rinse and repeat so i just was literally going to school working like an internship then nannying and then doing homework and rinse and repeat six seven days a week and And what were you building towards in your mind i thought i was going to be a psychologist okay but then i at a young age i realized when you work with too much of this you're going to magnify possibly things that I didn't understand at that point. I didn't want to be in the in the space of just mental illnesses. Yeah. I started just working, being a waitress and making really good money, trying to figure out myself. That's what I did. And then I started going to business school, got my undergrad in business economics. Oh yeah. Went for an exchange semester to, I got sent to Missouri. It was like a lottery system. So I went to Missouri. That's where I met my husband. Then I wanted to get to know him, but I didn't want to waste time. So I started my master's degree. I got a scholarship at the university, started my master's degree in business management, finished that. We still liked each other. So we got married and uh, had two kids. And we moved to Nashville because Missouri was just not my my style. Was that like a dream come true for you at the time? Yeah. Or like, cause I was I'm picturing, you know, if you're trying to leave a toxic household and then along the way you start getting, working on your education trying to find yourself in your career. And then you meet a, meet a guy. It seems like the idea of settling down and building a family would be something beautiful in your mind. Yes. But tell me like, was it, is that what you wanted? Like, mm-hmm. did you want like the white picket fence and the mm-hmm. house and the stability or? Mm-hmm. Very good question because at that point I was lost and I thought, you know, having a career as a woman, putting my pants on, taking care of myself is everything I wanted. Then I met this guy who suddenly, he's very manly, he used to work on a farm, now he's a, a contractor. So he's very hands-on, very manly. And I like that because in Europe we had so many men that were just not manly. Yeah. He was just taking care of business and I thought, you know what, white picket fans, staying home with the kids, traditional role distribution sounds really good to me. So I leaned in, I got married, we had the kids, and then I discovered that this was not what I was after. Mm. It was not anything that Ryan necessarily did wrong. It was just, I put this wrong glove on and it wouldn't fit. You weren't chasing a purpose. You were chasing an idea that was planted in your head. Yes. I thought, oh, I didn't have this normal life. Now let's try the normal life. And the normal life is not me. I'm just different and it's okay. And I didn't allow myself to be different until I met Wes. And he unleashed the, you need to be different do you want to be 99 percent or not because 99 is average and Bedros says average is the enemy you don't want to be average and i thought i wanted to blend in because all my life i was standing out negatively and now i get a chance to stand out 
positively, use all the force and the energy that I always had in, inside of me. And just first I had to fix myself. And now I have other women that have the same desire, the same urge, the same fire inside of them. And we just need to unlock that. For those of you guys that are listening, she mentioned Wes a couple of times. She's talking about Wes Watson. And then she mentioned, mentioned Bedros, Bedros Koulian, who's yes. the author of Man Up. Those guys are friends from what yes. I understand, right? And Wes has mentored me as well. He's an outstanding individual. The reason I'm highlighting that for all you guys is that when you're going through something in life and you're going through you know, changing a chapter or you're seeking for something, a lot of times what you're looking for is somebody to show you the way. Yes, you know, absolutely. The teacher appears when the student is ready. Yes. The, and that's what the, happened with you. Yes, that happens. And here's the funny thing. It happens with everybody. They're praying and hoping for a change. I can tell you guys how it happened to me because I'm so intuitively, I just reacted immediately. I found myself, I had done in 2022, 75 hard. And I did 75 hard. It was a piece of cake for me. And I thought, great, let's do 75, live hard or whatever. But in between, I found myself going back to my glass of wine after 75 days. And I thought to myself, why can I not leave this habit off the table? I do it for three months. I do it for six months. Why can it not just disappear? I wanted to jump in because this is actually a huge problem for the simple fact that it, it sounds like it's just literally one glass of wine. Yeah. When you have one glass of wine, you could probably tell yourself over and over again that you don't have an issue, you don't have yeah. a problem, it's just one glass of yes. wine. So you minimize the habitual the problem. problem. Yes. That I couldn't find the source because I wasn't the alcoholic that was getting up and drinking that yeah. glass of vodka. I was drinking my glass of wine. Maybe it was two, but I wasn't the alcoholic that you would see as an alcoholic. And I think that's a problem that we don't see because... The second you go for a Band-Aid, you are saying, whatever I'm feeling right now, I don't want to sit in it. I don't want to think about it. So let me relax for tonight. But that's exactly what you need to do. You need to feel it. Yes. Who said that those feelings, we always get taught that we have to constantly feel good. We don't have to feel good all the time. We need both sides of the spectrum, because the law of polarity, you can't feel entirely good if you also sit in your bad days and the universe is showing you, oh, the pain is coming from here. So let's look into that. What is happening actually here? Work through it. It takes two or three days. You might feel like shit, but you come out the other way and you have released some pressure and you know yourself a little bit better. You know where the pain is coming from. You, you have maybe cried a day. That's okay, that's part of life. Don't try to escape that because that's the key to becoming stronger. Yes, you'd like, well, because when you sit in the pain, you actually start processing what's going on in your life. Yes. And when you start processing, you start looking for solutions to the problems that you find. Yes. And then you're like, oh, I'm actually unhappy. I yes. need to become happy. Okay, well, now how do I become happy? I need yes. to work on myself. And let me start yes. with this. Let me get rid of my one glass yes. of wine. Let me get a mentor. Yes. And I learned that I just didn't have any self-worth anymore. Mm. I had no value for myself. So creating it by putting in the work is so simple, but so effective. You probably had some value being a mom, but you mm -hmm. devalued your, you were devaluing yourself at the same time. Or talk to, like, I talk was about hating the details of myself okay. for not being my authentic self. Okay. I couldn't speak my truth. I couldn't speak up and say, you know what? 
this is what I like and this is what I don't like. Okay, I don't so like. I got to jump in because yeah. like right today, you're obviously the polar opposite of yes. that. <laughs> yes, the polar opposite. And my internal feeling is not even close to where I need to be yeah. from speaking my truth. I feel like I have a long way to push to actually be exactly in character at all times. Yeah. But at that point, I was letting everybody, you know, when you encounter, it doesn't matter if you go shopping, if you talk to your husband or if you talk to your in-laws, every time when you don't say what you mean, you're hurting yourself. Mm. And just the superpower of saying, you know what? I don't like what you just said to me. And this is very disrespectful. And actually you are just displaying X, Y, Z. I mean, people don't like to be around you anymore when you're like this. But that's okay. I accept it. Well, when you're calling people on their bullshit and you're not taking it, of course they don't want to hear that because you're the first person in their life to do it and it it calls them on their shit. Yes. And they're so, as you said in the beginning, they're so used to comfort that when you say, you know what, when you're drinking like this or when you're self-medicating or when you're on all these sleeping pills, that's an indicator that something else is going on. They don't want to be around you. I had to learn that I have to make it more broad. I speak my truth on uh, social media, but talking one-on-one with people is really hard for them to digest. Yeah. I like it. I, that's why I work with Wes. Yeah. He's very straightforward. I just shut the fuck up because I know it comes from a place of love. He tells you the truth. It's A to B, the quickest way. Shut the fuck up, apply, and you will get the result. Yeah, that's so true. I'm like pulling the lessons and I'm pulling the mindset from you as you go from this young girl trapped looking for escape to just having this resilience inside of you and finding the next version of you later on in life. You know, the first thing that you said that really stood out to me was along the lines of detaching yourself from your feeling and doing what's Mm -hmm. best for you. That's a principle, a guiding principle for life. I think that's a great North star Mm -hmm. for a lot of people. Yes. And then the second part is you've kind of adopted that mindset and you've carried it over later in life. You're at a point now where you're growing so much, you're going to ruffle feathers, you're going to upset people mm-hmm. around you. And you, I know you went through growing pains. When you start yeah. speaking up and pushing yeah. back on people, they get pissed off and yeah. they don't like it because they're trying to point the finger at you, but it's got all their fingers pointing back. Talk to me about the relationships that you lost when you stepped mm-hmm. into your power and how you went about you know, overcoming that. I call it level up is directly correlated to the amount of sacrifice you're willing to give. Yeah. As we are climbing, everything today, for example, I had somebody reach out to me and say, how did you level up? My wife doesn't want to level up with me and we have kids. And I said to him, I was in the exact same situation. This is your first challenge. You need to lead. You need to set an example. You need to be so undeniable they have no other option than following you. Saying, this is so awesome. I see what you're doing. I want a piece of this. This is one. The other is, you might repel your partner. My partner and I are now separated. Mm -hmm. This was something which I call a sacrifice. I could stay where I was with my partner, or I could say, I cannot stop this process whatever it takes, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to level up. If my partner, you have energy levels. If he's not leveling up, that's a choice that he's making. I cannot force him. 
But that doesn't mean that I have to stop. Well, you're actually holding them. And you see this a lot when relationships, I get that hit up with the same question too. You know, people are like, well, I'm starting on my journey and they're all excited and motivated, but they haven't really like truly gotten higher level results yet. They're mm-hmm. just kind of experiencing the relationship strain that goes yes. along with starting to grow. Yes. And they're like, I want my partner to come with me. And yeah. they're trying to encourage them. And that doesn't work. Like you can't, you can't lead somebody by telling them what to do. You have to literally show them and you have to go further. And the further you go at some point, like you said, they're either going to be in such pain that you're starting to stretch beyond them and turn it around and work towards you, or they're just going to fall by the wayside. But if you don't choose to grow, you're actually doing them a disservice and yourself a disservice because you're keeping both of you where you're at. Yes, exactly. And I even go as far as saying, A, I wasn't ready two years ago, maybe, I needed to learn the lessons up to that point where I was cracking and saying, okay, no more, and now I need to change. So we are stealing people of their lessons to get there. It's not our job. We are not God. We are not the universe. They have to learn a few more lessons and get there on their own. I also think people use their spouse as an excuse to not work harder as well. Yes, and some people, it's okay. You want to stay there, it's okay. That's going to be your level then. Yeah, just stop blaming them for it. Yeah. (laughs) Just accept it. This is it. I made a decision, and it was a a post that I read of Wes that brought me to tears, being about eight months into his program. I read this post, and I was sitting in the sauna, and literally tears were coming down my cheeks. And I wrote him a message, and he wrote me back, it is not about you. I went from doing everything for myself, the fitness, the macros, for me, my family, myself, that was always in my head, to I need to step up and create a path for everybody who doesn't know how to get out of this misery. It doesn't matter how many hours I sleep. It doesn't matter what I have to leave on the table, whatever needs to get done. I just get the job done. The only question is how? How do I get it done? Because I can't because X, Y, Z. That just doesn't exist Put your transformation in perspective so people can really see it visually. Like we had the vision of you, pretty passive. Mm-hmm. I picture, and you said I think it was 40 pounds overweight. I picture kind of like a pair type body, mm-hmm. right? And you're yeah. just like, and now you're shredded. Mm-hmm. But talked a little bit about what your daily structure looks like, how disciplined you are, and mm-hmm. maybe your week, what it looks like. My daily structure, I get up every day at 2.30. Oof. Yes. So it started at maybe 4 or 4.30. And the longer I went, the more tasks I wanted to accomplish. Now I have two kids. Julian is three, Emilia is six. And I have to get a lot of the shit done before they wake up. Once they're up, Julian was with me like until... Business, like business stuff and school business, stuff, whatever, life. reading, yeah. journaling, writing, connecting with my clients. I get that done before they go to school, before they wake up. So it ended up being 2.30. It's not like I really enjoy not sleeping. I just ask myself how. So this was my how. This was the answer, 2.30. I get up at 2.30. I don't negotiate. I have my morning video and then I do push-ups. I have my drink, my tea and my coffee. I do reading and I do journaling in the morning. But I added this. I don't recommend adding too much at once. I added this as I went on. I started with macros and just workout. And then I go to the gym, I hit the workout, and I stay on my macros, 
and then I work. My kids go to school until three. I have until three. I work until three on everything that I need to do. Then I go pick them up and be a mom until five. Sometimes I have a nanny and get a little bit more time in. But the time that I now spend with my kids are just much more intense. So I don't spend 10 or 12 hours of just being around them. I'm just much more intentional with them. Trying to figure out still how to be a mom, how to be an entrepreneur, how to stay in shape, how to eat correctly, how to lead the family, how to help my husband, he's growing. We're separated, co-parenting, but we are helping each other yeah. very much out. So how to support him and his growth. He's growing very much right now too. So we're both growing, having kids, and we are making it work. And we also have only 24 hours. How do you, so this is important because we talked about when you stretch in a relationship, you start to grow and the other person either goes away or they start rising up. And you mm -hmm. mentioned just now that he's starting to work on himself. Mm -hmm. What did you notice caused the shift in your husband mm -hmm. to start working on himself? What was it? My separation from him. I think he realized that this is serious. I'm not, because we have been talking. I mean, when you separate, first of all, my parents were divorced. I never wanted to separate. This was the last resort. And we were not in a happy relationship for probably two years prior to separating. So there were always talks of going to therapy. There were always talks of working on ourselves. And we signed up with Superhuman Fathers and uh, Warrior Mom. I don't know if you know, they do like marriage couple. Yeah, yeah Kyle. Kyle, yes. Yeah. So they have three levels. And I let Ryan choose the level. I'm the person. I go all in. I go elite and I work one-on-one -on -one with somebody and get the job done. Yeah, me too. Ryan chose the lowest level, mm. which broke my heart. He never showed up. That was the point where I said, okay, this is it for me. This is the value you put and the effort into our relationship, so let's separate. I can't do this. We separated, and it took him a few months, and he just suddenly, he woke up. Yeah. He goes, hits the gym. He asks me for macros. He, he stays on his workout routine. He does his reading in the morning. He gets up earlier. Everything that I had asked him, he never did. Now it's an internal force. He's going to sign up this year with 2024 with Bedros to grow his business because he just feels more connected to him and so on and so forth. So he has suddenly this grand vision of himself his imaginary world opened up. Yeah. Before, it was just like, I'm just going to go to work. And he was making good money, but he was stuck in this routine too, guys. It's not about the money. It's yeah. not about the looks. It's not. That's a byproduct. The six-pack is a byproduct. You just, everybody wants to evolve on the inside. Every day, we want to be better than yesterday. That's the feeling that we're going after. Yeah. When you change you, all your results change. Everything. It's the who, not the how. Absolutely. I've obviously, so what ended up, I mean, it feels good, doesn't it, to be on that structure? And by the way, macros, guys, if you don't know them, you should all know them, but macronutrients, your fats, your proteins, your carbs, it's being on a diet, a healthy diet that makes sense, and it provides you that mental clarity and that energy yes. of that intense focus. Yes, uh, yes, because I was eating healthy before, and I know everybody thinks everybody they're, says that. Everybody <laughs> they're says eating that, right? healthy, but you need for your size and for your goals, you need a certain amount of protein, carbs, and fats. And the best part about it is you have food freedom. You can choose your own protein, your own starch. If you eat rice or sweet potatoes, I don't care about it. But you don't just make a salad with 
five pounds of meat. We don't eat just Atkins or we don't eat keto because everybody thinks, oh, I just need the protein. No, we do need the carbohydrates too and we need the fats too. So you eat all the food groups for the rest of your life. This is a lifestyle. You have food freedom. Jeremiah probably eats differently than I do, but we still both can look shredded. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So basically your transformation, the, the solution to your transformation, what created it? I mean, yeah, you got the mentor, but what, the work that you did was establishing a structure that yes. built the best you yes. and then changing yes. what you put in your mouth, like your food, yes. what you drink, got rid of the bad yes. habits. Yes. And this created the resist, the persistent, resilient, yes. just warrior leader yes. that's inside of you. Yes. Absolutely. <clears throat> so rule number one for me is we do not give up. Whatever happens, however shitty you feel, you do not give up because just by default, you don't even need to work that hard. Everybody else is going to fall off. <laughs> yeah. This is the biggest failure of society, the short-term sight. You just have to look at a big picture. Yeah. Am I going to get overall where I need to go if I go every day one step further? Some days you go five and some days you go three back. But overall, are you making progress? Yes or no? And everybody thinks I'm going to go for the fast money, but I'm going to tell you I'm here at age 42. I have learned my lesson. What seemingly is the longer way is actually the shorter way. Mm. You become the person that is inside of your chest, that you know what you are capable of doing and everything else will come to you. You do not go for the money because that's a short-term solution. You find the money and you will not find the fulfillment and you will still be drinking. You don't go for the fame. You don't go for the looks. Everything you want, you have inside of you already. That's the person that you need to carve out. And then, you have a daily process, you make yourself proud, and you have the money, and you have the looks, and you have the relationships. I mean, you're just flying high. How much richer has life gotten for you since you've transformed yourself from the inside out? There's no price tag. I mean, yeah. you can give me right now, you can push $10 million over and say, stop your process. Yeah. It felt like slow death, yeah. like drowning. I didn't know how bad I felt until the weight was lifted. Mm. That's like being in one of those like toxic relationships where you're just like going back to that person and you keep going back to them. And then finally you break free and you look back and you're like, holy shit, that was like so mm -hmm. damaging. Why was I yes. over there doing that? And you yes. do, but you do that with yourself, your relationship with yes. yourself all the time. Yes. You know? Yes. I talk a lot on my Instagram about the perception of yourself. Mm. You know, you stay in those relationships because one part of you has not developed the, the value. You don't see yourself as valuable that you actually go back to this person. You don't see yourself as valuable. So you have all these facets of yourself that you need to expose. As soon as you see yourself as this valuable person, you just don't take any shit anymore. You don't take any lower than this. Yeah. That's just by default. I mean, nobody would hang out with a homeless person. Why would you not do that? Because you see yourself as a more valuable person. Yeah. It's the same concept. Now other people are looking down on you. So how can you create more value? Do more work. Yeah. Well, you change your frequency by working on you. You know, it's like cell phones. You ever try to call somebody and you use the wrong number? It like yes. doesn't go through. But yes. then you, you tap into the frequency you want to be on. You build yourself into the best version of you. Yes. And now you're tapped in yes. to all those numbers and your whole life is different. Never uh, religious. Yeah. 
but organized religion, I never belonged to it. I never had any feelings for it. But as I am walking on this path, I learn that it doesn't matter if it's the Bible or if it's Tesla or Einstein or Edison or whoever it is, they are all saying the same. They just come from a different angle because they had a different life. It's a scientific life or it's Marcus Aurelius or Epictetus. It doesn't matter. They're all saying the information is the same. By the end of the day, Tesla said, you are vibrating. The universe doesn't care about anything. Your energy is going to match whatever you're vibrating with. So you're just this ball of energy. If you feel shitty about yourself, you're low vibrating, you're going to just attract shitty, low vibrating events into your life. If you learn to raise your frequency and just create a winner's mindset, everything that happens in my life, I phrase it as great. (laughs) This was supposed to happen. Let's make it work. It's happening for me. It's It's taking me to a win. This is awesome. Like it's raining. I'm in Miami. Yeah. But I still phrase it somehow, and this is awesome. This is supposed to happen for me this yeah. way. There's a reason for it. You just have the belief, and you just vibrate much higher, attract much more valuable people into your life. I love it. Well, let's uh, let's recap on some maybe some practical steps for somebody that mm-hmm. wants to break free, feel happy, change their life. I mean, you laid out some pretty good ones so far, but any other tips or things that they somebody can do on their own to yeah, start? First improving? of all, trust your fucking intuition. Hell yeah, <laughs> I like that one. Yes. So intuition, take action. So the way you fuse your imaginary world, the person that you know exactly who is inside of you with the 3D world, the language is called action. You need to take action. If you don't take action, you're just sitting there and hoping and wishing for dreams. They're never going to change. Tomorrow is going to look like today and 10 years down the road, Groundhog Day, you'll be in the cycle and feel even worse because you haven't moved forward. You need the evolution from the inside out. You need that feeling. So take action. If you don't know, go and find yourself a coach who just gives you a path and you shut up and follow this path. If you follow, the blueprint is never the problem. It's always your mindset. So get a coach who has the results that you want. Love it. Build trust with yourself. Make promises, build trust, keep going. Don't give up. Build first your body. There's no better tool than the gym because you learn from the, you can just apply it. I mean, the best growth comes after the weight. When you're lifting, it's not the first and the second rep, it's the rep 20 and and so on when it's burning and hurting. So apply that to life. Whenever it's hurting and burning, that's where you're growing. That's where you need to be. Go to the gym, eat your foods, get a coach, laser focus, shut everything else off. Whoever is complaining, complainers are only coming from the bottom, never from the top. People who are higher than you cannot see any bad in you. They always pull you up. Whoever is complaining and in your way, they're just losers and they need to leave your life anyway. I love it so much. So what's next for you? Uh, we'll do a couple couple more questions and we're going to close up. But um, what's next for you? What are you excited about? So 2024 about? is going to be full force, full time talk, Tom. And I oh, yeah. did this the majority of the year part time. Coaching and mentoring women. Coaching, mentoring women, still running my household and my kids and my family and all of that. So I'm getting more dialed in, getting the nanny, getting, you know, having now the kids in school. So I would say I'm at a 3.0 or 4.0 version of me. 
and I want to push until the end of the year to become the seven or eight at least. And I get myself coaches just follow their lead. I'm, I'm just going to push to become. For me, it's really the feeling of becoming more and more. Yeah. And everything else always falls into place. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't make the grand plans like I need to have $5 million by the end of the year. I know if I become the person, everything else will work out. Yeah, you're going to run the play, run the process. You're going to yes. chase the best version of you. Yes. And you're going to help other women do the same. And as you yes. go up to level 7, 8, 9, 10, the women that yes. you're coaching, mentoring now will yes. come up as well. Yes. And that's what I love about your story is that you're pushing to the next level for them. Yes. You know, it yes. really is. You're purpose-driven. Yes. I want everybody to understand that nobody, everybody's waiting for that one person to step up. Nobody wants to take the spot. So there's an up and a down to this. You have to pave the way. So it's going to be a challenge. But there's nobody else wanting that spot because they're just too scared. So yep. whoever steps up, you are going to lead your family, your friends, whoever is in. If you want to lead, there is no greater chance than right now. Step up, put your pants on and say, I'm not getting it from my husband. I'm not getting it from my friends. Nobody's coming to save me. I'm going to do it. Yes. Give me the work. I'm going to take put care of it. Put the pressure on my shoulders. Yes, but, I got this. Yes. And most people, you have much more in your tank than you think. Hell yeah. Love it. Talk to them as we wrap it up here. I love, I love today's show. I love talking about growth. I love talking about transformation. It's a personal favorite of mine. For those people that want to stay connected with you, yes. what's the best way for them to find you and stay connected? So Instagram is my favorite platform. And you find me under Talk Tom Thomas, T-O-K-T-A-M, Thomas, T-H-O-M-A-S. That's my home. So you write me a message, you follow me, and you ride along or we connect and coach. Whatever you need yeah. is my mission. If you guys check out our page and you send her a DM, let her know you came from Be The Leader. Say that in the message. That yes. way there's instant rapport, instant yes. connection. And yes. The whole conversation moves faster. But reach out, build the relationship. You guys yes. need good people in your life and she's one of them. As we close up, any final words to the audience there? Any last comments or things you want to share with yes. them as we close up? I really, really, really want you guys to know that I have been in your shoes. Jeremiah has been in your shoes if you want a better life, this is your chance. This is the universe giving you the opportunity. You just have to take it. We take 10 steps. You just take one. Take it. You know that you're meant for more. Oh, yeah. The teacher appeared because you were ready. Mm -hmm. That's what happened Exactly. Today. Hey, thank you so much. Talk to him. I learned a ton today and I love your story. Ladies thank and gentlemen, you. you heard it. So many great nuggets today. It's one that's worth re-listening to over and over again. And I loved the key lesson that I took away, which is to separate how you feel from what's best for you. That's what you need to do next and take action like Talk yes. to him said. Until next time. Be the leader. Let's go hard. I need some motivation. Motivation. Every day I try a little harder, but my dedication. dedication. Keep my head way, way above the water. Crying myself when I yell at the wall. Begging to run, but I needed to crawl. I see the finish line up ahead. Trying to get traction from all of this tread. I am a king. I am a queen. I am more than the people can see. I am strong when I'm needing to be. Vulnerability's nothing to me. You can try, but I'm unshakable. My successes is never debatable. I'm coming and I'm so interchangeable. Here's to you and all that you are capable. To sum it up, I spill my guts. Sometimes I felt as if I wasn't good enough.